Hi. Um, so this episode is rather spontaneous because I've been presented with chaos and uncertainty in the beginning of the semester. So I was supposed to have three seminars, two of which are going to be very theory heavy. Plus, I have a TA ship that's going on. So I was kind of expecting this semester to be extremely stressful, um, which it is. And one of the professor has to cancel his seminar because he just had a concussion. And I've had a concussion before, so it's it's quite bad. And it is un- unavoidable. Um, but I was kind of sad the seminar is canceled. Uh, I was quite excited for it. And I was quite excited for the TA ship. But that had to be delayed as well because the prof is suffering from long, co- um, long COVID. So with these circumstances presented in front of me, my first intuition was to um, obviously find a new seminar right now because um, I don't want to do a summer course. I don't want to have another semester of seminars while I'm working on my thesis. So I went through this intense panicking, uh, panicking about how rough the beginning of the semester is. I was very anxious. I didn't know what to do. And obviously, I wanted to complain about it to my fellow MA students and to my supervisor. And I was kind of shocked to see different responses. Um, There's this one woman in my program. uh, She's doing her MA while being a mother. And her response to the seminar being canceled is to take this as an opportunity to de-stress, like, de-stress, like make space for her mental mental health. She's taking this as a sign to lighten up the course load and stick with two seminars for the for the winter semester. And quite frankly, I've been contemplating on my response to the uncertainty. I was not ready to embrace it. Um, I was very anxious about the potential consequences of not working and grinding to the full ex- fullest uh, fullest extent because it's in grad school, right? Everyone, everyone is working hard, and the thought of lightening up my course load—it just has n- it never occurred to me. It was like a, it was it was not even in my consideration, and it kind of took me a few days. Actually, it took me a day. To accept that it is a better decision to just take two seminars this semester and just take a summer course or whatever. There was this mental barrier which I had to cross to comfort myself that being slow is not a crime and it is definitely not catastrophic. Um, I think it is safe to say that I've always been a hardworking student. Not necessarily always a good student, but I've always been hardworking. Um, I read every readings, I take notes, I write down my thoughts. Even in the weekend, I would pick up like academic text just so I can um, enrich myself with more theories and knowledge. And the very idea of taking time to rest and do nothing scares me. Um, Even when I'm like resting, quote unquote resting, or playing video games, I would have 
this immense amount of guilt and shame because in my perspective of knowledge, everyone's doing hard work. Everyone's spending time to catch up, um, you know, grinding to maximize academic output as if if I don't remain busy during the weekends, if I don't read, if I don't immerse myself in academic environments, I would become less capable and less worthy and no one would think I deserve to be seen. So I've been I've been taking some time to just sit with these thoughts and how I am essentially reliving my childhood trauma with flashbacks on going to school sick, on going to school having a fever. But I was quite proud of myself for doing that, and it's quite scary to think about that right now. They reminded me um, of how I spent the weekends as like a high school student, how people were just simply handing out or having fun, but I demanded myself to spend time in a cafe to study for the next exam or just work on my assignments. I wanted to be exceptional because the idea of excelling gives me comfort that I have somehow earned my right to rest. That I only allow myself to truly rest when I outperformed my peers, which becomes increasingly difficult when you're in grad school. So I've been intoxicated and brainwashed to think that the only way people would love me is for me to win the competition, to be the best worker, the best student, to go through perpetual self-modulation, to have better diets, larger muscles in some cases, uh, better sleep schedules, better morning routines. And the performativity, like the performative nature of these standards have exhausted me. I, like, I don't even have a good sleep schedule. I have a horrible sleep schedule. My morning routine is basically struggling with getting up and having coffee. It is entirely caffeine-driven. Uh, I have kind of willingly bamboozled myself with social media and cheap stimulants to keep my mind busy. And the thought of reconnecting with my spirit scares me because I'm afraid that it will judge me, that it will somehow declare my unworthiness. But those are just perceptions. Deep down, I knew I needed a complete detox for excessive, for excessive stimulants in my life. Um, I have not permitted myself to fully rest. Even before I was born, I've been conditioned into the myths of productivity and excellence as the only ways to exist without shame. So, for the past two days, I've been practicing a new morning routine. I would drink lots of water and try to get myself up in the winter and literally just go out for a walk, no matter how cold it is. Because I need sunlight even on a cloudy day where sunlight renders invisible, um, but the sun does exist. 
and it's so much brighter than my room light. And winter is quite depressing in Canada. So I've been doing this for the past two days, and it's slowly making me feel better in the morning. Because my, my brain remains quite empty in the morning, and with social media, I get instantly stimulated with a variety of emotions that overwhelm me. So usually I, I wake up feeling shameful and anxious for not waking up earlier, for not spending some time to stretch or work out, um, or I'll spend time watching YouTube while getting myself some breakfast. Uh, but the underlying cause for the doom scrolling is really just exhaustion and and that I've never truly rested in a while. So um, this episode is kind of inspired by a book. I just finished this really compact book uh, or like a manifesto. Uh, it's called Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hersey. It is nice to read something that is not like Lacan or other academic texts or theories because they get so dense and exhausting and they made me question my intentions of going to grad school. Uh, during the short winter break, I've kind of forced myself to finish three academic texts, like three books, um, and they have you know, great inputs and they have been quite illuminating, but I just can't help but think how they could have been a lot, they could have been read a lot slower with more intention and meditation on each text, but I went very competitive because I feel less worthy for not knowing certain academic texts in grad school. When people were talking about queer phenomenology, and I've heard it's a great book, and it is indeed a great text, um, I was very anxious. I, I, I didn't know what to respond when everyone knows the text, and I didn't. The, um, I wanted myself to know everything in the shortest amount of time possible, and the oxymoronic nature of learning in grad school truly is rooted in grind culture. So in the book, In Rest is Resistant, Trisha Hersey calls, and I quote, grad school is the headquarter of grind culture, where you're stuck in the loop of wanting to know and grasp absolutely everything. So fatigue and exhaustion is normalized, even glorified for pushing competition and exhaustion. So... With that premise, like the scholarships produced in this kind of culture are barely good. They're, well, they're good, but they're not like excitingly good, you know? They become more like products to sell that went through some kind of standardization. So what bothers me is precisely the lack of balance in my life right now after, uh, after reading the book is that... Um, I thought I have to figure everything out. You know, I thought I have to know everything. But then again, I'm only 22 years old, fresh in academia, and already I, I feel a deep sense of disconnectedness in grad school. Like, technically, 
as a grad student, you have a lot more free time that you can manage theoretically. I use I use this theoretically because you know, you know you have to grind in these free times or else you would just fail to catch up with the seminars. And it's not just about studying or reading the text. It's also analyzing, always intellectualizing. You also have to you also have to take care of yourself. You have to cook. You have to clean regularly. You have to balance your social life if you have any in the winter. You have to take care of your physical health. You have to eat healthier. Maybe work out occasionally. And additionally, you must pay attention to your mental health in winter times in Canada. You know, I was quite jealous of my friends who had like visas or like Western passports that they can just go to Miami during the break. Due to my lack of mobility, um, legal documentations, I had to stay here and grind because I wanted to catch up. But soon I realized the premise of grind culture is built upon the impossibility of knowing or doing everything because we're stupid. We're stupid with primitive brains, and capitalism had us to believe was a manufactured dream of grinding and hard working that would eventually, ultimately, make us into CEOs and successful whatever. Academia, uh, the manifestation of academia works analogically to this premise, that somehow working hard and keeping yourself occupied must precede the quality of your research. It's the qualitative epistemology that mirrors capital uh, capital accumulation that is damaging the well-being of, of a lot of students. So I feel like I'm reliving my middle school where my body, alongside with other bodies, are confined into certain spaces to quote-unquote learn and perform. The time, I have, the time I have for myself and my body, it's greatly limited. I'm stuck in school, chores. My mental state has been catastrophizing everything. And as of now, I know I'll be stuck here for a while. Um, but I'm not really defeated about it. The way to fight grind culture is not to submit to nihilism. Instead, um, it is actually quite radical to allow yourself to fully rest, to disengage with grind culture and save space for yourself despite what institutions tell you. I've never been, well, I have been a believer of institutions, but not anymore. That is to say, I will try to give myself permission to rest regardless of what institutions are promising me. And the paradigm shift happens first in my spirit, then in my body. Um, I've accepted that I'm not going to know everything because that's impossible. And I'm stupid, you know, humans are stupid. We are not an ideal image that we somehow have for ourselves in this context. And, you know, like, no applications of theories or academic texts can exist without social context. 
I mean, just a, like just look at these so-called prestigious academic institutions and how they have not spoken up about a literal genocide, about how eleven universities have been destroyed in the genocide. This is this is the proof that institutions will always fluctuate, always remain quote unquote politically neutral until it affects them economically. So it is quite pointless to put your hopes on institutional helps and I've you know, I've decided not to be a fan about it. Rest. I'm coming back to the word rest. Rest. A really simple word that has become so hard, even impossible to achieve in late capitalism. Institutions, um, interpersonal relationships, and other forces, they they collaborate to convince us that we have to earn our right to rest. That if we don't hustle, if we don't grind, we become unlovable. And we've internalized that, or what well, I've internalized that belief for myself, and it's dealing a great harm to my soul, my spirit, and my body. My habit of compulsively staying up late is the attempt of redemption, of trying to use chips, cheap stimulants to fill out the void of disconnectedness. I did not permit myself to sleep unless my body could not take it anymore. I mean, I've been sleeping at 2 a.m., if not 4 a.m., to play video games that are also designed for players and users to grind, to achieve higher ranks, higher score. It feels like we've been trapped by intricate designs and affordances of addiction. And I know change doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen... It doesn't happen linearly. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to stay less online. So whenever I feel exhausted, whenever I doubt my worst, whenever I feel overwhelmed by emotions or by my moodiness, I would just go out for a walk. Um, yes, it is extremely cold outside. It's like negative 20 or something in Montreal. But it's not that windy right now, so it's okay for me and plus the cold is kind of refreshing I know it sounds weird to say but being in the cold actually reminds me that I am in fact deeply connected with earth um not I'm not connected with the content on Instagram not with the school emails that required me to do more paperwork not really with academic texts and not really with hyper-connectedness fueled by corporatism I'm connected I'm connected with other people I'm connected with earth my body is connected to my memory and my soul requires the nourishment from being grounded from from resting fully I can't help but think how I used to how I used to nap as a kid on the desk and I napped because I was sleepy I napped because I was tired, but now I can stimulate myself with coffee and espresso comes in so handy whenever you're having an intense seminar. And in this case, anxiety is no longer a push for action, 
but rather a paralyzing effect that often takes over my body. I just pour myself some tea. Um, yeah, so after reading Rest is Resistance, it has made me realize how I've basically been indoctrinating myself to strike for better performance, to be a better student and worker, but none of this is really about me. I'm performing better for the institution, I'm becoming a better worker for the capitalist, and I've to... I've basically denied myself the right to rest and I've demonized rest as shameful instead of instrumental for living. I simplify rest as just sleeping even though I barely feel fully rested after I wake up. I always want to fix my sleep schedule yet I always fall into another cycle of self-destructive behaviors to compensate what I've lost. But scrolling on my phone is not resting. It is actually adding more pressure to my brain. You know, when I was a kid, um, even now, I've always been a daydreamer. I would, I would daydream that I could fly, that I could sit on the clouds and just stare at the sky and fall asleep safe and sound. I would daydream myself having superpowers to fight the school bullies as if or I like as if I were in like an anime with like ability to control air and like water. Um but societal standards have associated daydreaming uh with child childish qualities. The qualities that were that I that I was eager to get rid of but never quite worked. With the bombarding of endless content and endless stimulations and consumptions, the time I have for daydreaming has shrinked or even disappeared. I've always been talking how I was uninterested in cooperating with institutions and how much I value my own space, but I've been thinking... I've been thinking about how space is not just physical physical space. I've given up my emotional and spiritual space as well. The space where I used to ponder aimlessly. aimlessly. The space where I used to imagine myself as some superpower prodigy who falls in love with a cute guy from class. They all sound unnecessary in the, in the capitalist system, but, you know... They, they they matter to me, you know? They don't produce anything of in, in the capitalist sense of production. But that's exactly why rest and daydreaming can be about resistance. That's why daydreaming is not given up voluntarily, but rather stolen from us. So we can be even more alienated, even more mutated as machines. And even if my middle school was filled with stress and expectations, I still found space for myself to daydream in in different scenarios, like in class, in the shower, on the bed before I go to sleep, 
on my way home and on my way to school. I think it's time that I reclaim what has been stolen from me. It's time for me, for us, to imagine the impossibility, the yet-to-be-achieved daydreaming unrest. That sounds like a pretty good ending. Um, but I truly feel there's so much more to be talked about, and I really hope I would just forgive myself and others for not being perfect, you know, because that's also an indoctrination from capitalism. And the whole idea that when you're racialized and gay, you have to work 10 times harder to prove your worthiness, it's, it's quite unfortunate. It's true, but it's quite unfortunate. And it is precisely because of that, it is imperative that racialized bodies Need to, f- need to forgive ourselves, we need to know that rest is not just another chore that we do to cross off something from the calendar, but it is something that our lives, our livelihoods depends on. So yeah, using a quote from the book, um, you better rest like your life depends on it. Bam. And that will be my doctrine for the... for... for... <laughs> For the rest of my journey in academia. And hopefully after that. Yeah. I promise. I want to promise here. I want to promise that I will not center productivity and quantity. um, But rather to redirect my energy into what's meaningful for myself.